listening to Miscarriage Stories with Arden Cartrett. All right, Madison, welcome to Miscarriage Stories. Um, I'm sorry that you're here, but I'm so thankful for your voice and that you are willing to share. Um, I'd love to invite you to get started and just start your story wherever you feel like it begins. All right. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to do this. Um, so I guess our story, it begins in September of 2022. Um, earlier in 2022, like that spring, I thought I wanted kids, was really excited about it. Um, my husband wasn't totally on board and like we had an amazing summer, just adventuring and traveling. So I had kind of backed off on the idea and like mid-September, um, we finally had a conversation and just agreed to wait a few more years. Um, of course, like that weekend, we go to a family wedding and like at that wedding everyone's asking us okay when are you gonna have kids um when are the grandkids coming that type of thing and we would just say okay if it's our brother and sister-in-law's wedding and we would just say you know if you want babies in the family you're gonna have to like look at the newlyweds and so unknowingly to us we actually conceived um like two days later um we were using like natural birth control um, because just like the hormonal birth control had wrecked my body so bad when we first got married I could not stand it so I got off of it but after we made the decision to wait like after getting back from the wedding I had planned I had a doctor's appointment set up to get on another type of birth control so um, in between that time we ended up getting pregnant so um, end of September I actually took a test it was like probably 10 days later and I was going on a girl's trip. I knew I may have like a little bit of alcohol. So just like wanted to make sure. And it was negative. So never even crossed my mind. Um, even on the girl's trip, like I remember saying to my sister that I noticed that my breasts were super sore and like it just never even crossed my mind. Didn't think of it. Um, yeah, fast forward about two weeks later and we go up to Idaho to visit family. And like, I just started noticing some odd things. Um, like one night, someone put a salad bowl um, in front of me and it had dressing on it. And like the smell made me super nauseous. Um, I was sleeping constantly. Like I would wake up, we would go have breakfast and I would sleep between breakfast and going to do an activity. We would do like a hike and then I would have to sleep immediately after. And then there were two mornings I tried to like eat sausage for breakfast and looking at it just was absolutely revolting. Um, so at this point, like things started to, to feel a little off. Um, and so on like the second day of the trip, I remember like I started to feel a little bit crampy and I was like, Oh, maybe that's my period starting. And so I had never tracked my cycles. So they always just kind of, kind of came on the dot, wasn't aware of it. So, um, I did always, though, tell my husband, like, I would text my husband and tell him when I started. So I did, like, the iMessage search, and top 10 period, and it popped up that the last period was September 4th was when I started. And this was, like, October 13th. So <laughs> I was quite a bit late and just never realized it. So we had went to Walmart, and I told my husband, I was like, you have to distract my dad, who we were on the trip with. So I could get both tampons and a pregnancy test. So I was like, we're going to need either one of these in the next couple of days. I'm not really sure which yet. Um, so we waited. We decided we were wait like two or three days just to see what happened. But later that night at dinner, my dad actually, we were sitting beside a family with a bunch of like young kids and a baby. And he said, okay, so like, have y'all started thinking about this yet? Like nodding his head over toward the family. And I was shocked. Like I was like, did you find the pregnancy test that we had stuffed under the seat or something like that? Like he knew he had to have known. Um, and I was like, well, there's a reason like I don't have a drink or anything with me. And so he started to like tear up because he thought I meant I was pregnant. And like, it was very emotional. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, like slow down. We don't know anything for sure yet. We're just kind of taking it a couple days. And so um, we, w we really just wanted like a very private moment and it was kind of hard to find. So um, like two days later, I get up super early, wake my husband up with me. And so like, I go take the test 
and then I we go out to like the stairwell in the hotel and so I, I set a video camera up just to like record our reaction um I make these like yearly videos just for us just for fun and so I wanted it for that and we look at it and there's only one line so we immediately like think it's negative um like we had both built up so much anticipation that even though we had decided to wait like we were both so excited and like we when we saw that one line we were super disappointed um started to cry and all that kind of stuff so kind of like brushed it off went down to breakfast and while at breakfast I kept looking at the test I was like this this looks really strange like why is the line on the wrong side um, because the one line was showing up on the left side of the test instead of the right side of the test. And after about 10, 15 minutes, a super, super faint second line started to appear. And I'm like, I know this is past the time. Like I was Googling like what a normal test looks like. And I'd started to think, okay, maybe this is just like a defective test. Maybe we should try again. And so I go wake up my dad. Um, he drives us to the store. I get a digital test this time so I could like know for sure what it is and take the test in the store. We drive to the gas station. Like I don't look at it yet. Drive to the gas station and um, my husband, I look at it when my dad is pumping gas and um, my husband sees it first. I gave it to him to look at. And so he just like immediately started crying. And so um, I knew at that point it was positive. And like, you could see my dad in the background, like little corner of the video, just huge smile on his face, all pumping gas. It was really, really fun. Um, and at that point I learned about die stealers. Like that's how high my HCG levels were. And I just had no idea that was a thing. Um, so we immediately told, like called, um, our immediate families and they were super excited for us. And uh, when we actually called my sister-in-law, the one who had just got married, I said to her, I was like, you're going to be an aunt. And she said she was super confused. She said, um, like, who is? Like, she just looked kind of shocked. And I said, you are. And then she looked back at us and she said, well, you guys are too. So we had gotten pregnant a day apart. Um, they had a honeymoon baby. Our due dates were a day apart. It was super exciting. We loved that part of it. Um and really just had fun with them the next couple of weeks talking about it. And like, you know, after that trip, we were just in this happy bubble. Um, we got some clothes, went stroller shopping, um, had to deal with a little bit with morning sickness, but it wasn't too bad, thankfully. And so um, we had our eight week appointment on November 2nd. So just a couple of weeks later. And that was the day that everything started. Um, we, we were super, super excited never had any thought in the world that anything wrong like could be wrong um because I'd even had like morning sickness up to that day and everything so we do the ultrasound first and we see like immediately see two white blobs and I'm like oh my gosh like neither of us will say it we're like that's twins and like I talked to my husband about it later and he knew it too but we were both terrified to say the fact that it was twins um and so our tech was also super quiet and like very stoic and so she said um, about a minute into it, she's like, well, it's twins and there's no heartbeats. And so that kind of, I guess it shocked us. Neither of us could say anything. Um, we just sat there for like my husband grabbed my hand. I remember that. And then we just kind of sat there for another minute or two while she did like measurements and stuff. And so one of them measured um, seven weeks, six days. This uh, tw twin B measured eight weeks, zero days. And like my appointment was at eight weeks, one day. So that was really hard knowing we had just like just lost them. Um, and so we go back to the doctor. And at this point, still neither of us have like said a word. We just are trying to like process what's going on. And she's kind of telling us our options. And um, like we were, we had, to wear, it was still, we had to wear masks at the time in the office. And she um, I knew if I tried to talk or ask questions that I would just like start crying. And so I was trying to hold it together. And she eventually said, okay, here's your options. Like call me when you decide what to do when you talk about it. Um, and like after that, they came in and did the blood draw and um, just to, like monitor my levels. And that was when I just kind of just start to fall apart. Um, I hate needles. And so when I saw the needle, like they had to lay me back, like I just started sobbing. 
um, you know, they were about to stick me and my husband, he was standing over me. Like, I just remember starting to black out. And I remember him standing over me and saying that he kept seeing my eyes kind of like roll back in my head and my eyes would shut and he would like have to shake me to keep me from passing out. Um, so yeah, that's when everything just kind of started to fall apart a little bit. And then, um, we left the office and at that point he was also kind of starting to, um, break down a little bit. And like, we, we made it back to the car and we just sat there just like hugging each other for like 30 minutes and just crying. And so the entire time, um, our phones are just, you know, buzzing and, um, ringing and all of that. And I swear it's like, just constant like how did the appointment go text messages are you out yet um people calling to see how it went and once we 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 just we didn't know what to do we didn't know how to tell people what was going on and so once we finally calmed ourselves down we decided to like pick one person on each side of our family to go ahead and call and tell what was happening and like luckily I didn't even have to say anything there was no way I was going to be able we um we called my dad on my side and like there was no way I was going to be able to tell him so Trevor um thankfully kind of like took over those phone calls um like we just said like we really need privacy right now like you know we'll we'll contact everyone when we when we want to and when we're ready um like I texted my boss and like a couple of close friends who knew and it was actually kind of complicated because I worked as a swim instructor in the lifeguard and so knowing what I was about to go through and like with not being able to use a tampon for the bleeding and stuff that it was going to be I was going to be out for like two to three weeks um and so I had to contact a lot of like the people I worked with just to get things arranged um and so yeah on the way home um it was quite a long drive and so I think the shock of it all finally started to wear off and I really hit the denial phase um like the I remember the first thing that I googled was um do twin heartbeats show later than when there's one baby and like, you know, immediately Google doctor gave me hope and it said, okay, it can be like, like up to 12 weeks before you even hear a heartbeat. And like, I just convinced myself that the doctor and the ultrasound tech had no idea what they were doing. And like, I was in the ultrasound for like two minutes and how could they possibly find anything out in two minutes? And, you know, I just, I just couldn't make myself believe it yet. And like the doctor had recommended um, that we take the pills to pass and it was mesoprostol and the second one it's like me Mif- Mif- I can't remember exactly what it is but um I can hardly say it correctly myself um but so I, <laughs> I know a lot of people will call it like uh I've heard people call it MiFi or MiFi and I don't know if that's like a real nickname or if it's just something we say <laughs> because we don't know how to say it um, we'll go with that <laughs> yes but I know exactly what you're talking about and I will put those terms in the description in case anybody okay. does not know what we're talking about so yeah, that's, yeah, I, I cannot remember the name of it, but yeah, that's, um, she suggested we take that, but like, we just decided we couldn't go through with it until we had a second opinion, um, just in case, like we still had, we were holding on to hope a little bit at that point. Um, and so the next morning, like at that point, doctor's offices were closed. We went home, we cried a lot, like just, it was a tough afternoon and we finally, decided to just go to the movies to distract ourselves a little bit and that was actually really good for us um and so like the next morning I just I had a list of 15 OB's offices in Denver that I was going to call and just at 8 a.m started calling every single one to see if they had appointments today like that same day and if they took our insurance and so up to 14 of them I had no luck number 15 they finally they took our insurance and could see us in like three hours so I immediately scheduled the appointment and we went and that entire experience was just night and day from the day before um, the ultrasound tech. She spent, I mean, 15 minutes with us just walking us through everything and like getting really good pictures and um, like she knew what we were going through. And so I think she just tried her best to make us as comfortable with what was going on as she could. And then um, afterwards we met with the doctor and she was just an absolute angel. Like I'm so grateful that um, we met her and that she is who we just happened to have our appointment with. Like, I'm, I'm just super, super grateful for her. And, um, she explained everything really well. She told us, which at the time never registered with me, um, that they were a very high risk type of twin pregnancy from the beginning, which I'll get into in a little bit, but, um, yeah, she gave us 
the medicine and, and you know she said we could wait a couple days if we wanted to because my husband had to work um he's a night shift nurse so we waited two days until Sunday morning um you know even though the outcome of like that doctor's appointment was no different like we had a lot more peace about what we had to go through and like what the next couple of days would look like and so um yeah Sunday um is the day that I kind of like refer to as like the unholiest of labors um it was that day and so he had just got off night shift I was at home and as soon as we got home I went ahead and took um the Mesoprostol with the, the medicine before the day before um within about 10 minutes I was vomiting and just absolutely miserable um and so the cramping began and I'd never been in so much pain um I was not prepared for what that was going to do and what it was going to start um you know it felt like I could feel the waves of it coming but there was no break and no true ever like relief from it and I was like I just I don't know how long this is gonna last I don't know how I'm gonna do this for however long I have to and so um my husband actually ended up calling the after hours um OB number and they told him to just go ahead and take me to the ER um and I think at that point, like, I'd started to just kind of go into shock and shut down. Um, it was about an hour, normally an hour car ride to the hospital that we were going to. But about 40 minutes later, we were there. Um, it was awful. I had, like, froze myself to death in the car because it, like, distracted me. And this is, like, Colorado winter. It was 30 degrees outside. And I was in a tank top and shorts. And I had the AC on full blast because it like kind of took away from the pain that I was going through a little bit. And we were driving through downtown Denver and I just all of a sudden had a vomit and I had no option but to open the door and just like vomit as we were driving down the road. Um, and that was truly one of the worst days that I can remember. Like we got to the hospital and uh, I couldn't even speak because I was just shaking so badly and the doctors, like, had a, like Trevor was fantastic. He talked to the doctors, went through everything with them, what was going on. They tried to stop me from shaking, like, hold my legs down. And the pain was so much worse when they did that. So I was like, just let me, let my body do what it needs to do and shake. So they finally, um, they gave me a round of pain medication and, like, nausea medication. And it, I didn't notice a difference. And they took me back to try to do an ultrasound, which I have no idea why. Um, because we knew it was happening and so the ultrasound tech was like horrified that they were doing it because when they tried to lay me flat on the table it was just like screaming I could not stand being flat on my back and so she immediately stopped and just took me back to the room and said like I'm sorry this is absolutely useless um, and you know at that point got sick again and then they finally I think at that point was like okay they just gave me something to knock me out entirely which I was super super grateful for um so yeah at that point I slept probably two to three hours almost immediately and um I woke up I wasn't in any more pain but when I stood up like to be discharged I noticed like the big gush of blood and like ran to the bathroom and um like we had decided that we wanted to cremate the twins and so we wanted to make sure we had their bodies and like I'll I'm so like appreciative to my husband like I'll never forget that like he put a glove on like checked in the toilet and like I'm so grateful for him for that um made me love him so much more in that moment it was it was crazy um but yeah so that happened and um we finally went home and um you know one baby we found and then the we just we waited all day I wasn't in pain but I was bleeding and passing clots but we were never sure if the second baby had passed and like the bleeding slowed down significantly like much more than what we expected so we were afraid that because I had vomited so quickly that maybe the medication hadn't completely worked. And so we called the doctor and she wanted, she wanted to see us the next day to double check everything. And so, um, you know, when we went in, she did the ultrasound and everything was, had been cleared out and was good. And like at that point, um, we felt like we could finally just start moving past everything and just start to process what had happened the past couple of days. Um, yeah, so we, we, you know, we took the twin, the, what we had found to the funeral home and, um, that was actually really good for us. And like, we had bought, um, a couple of memory pieces and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, we, I still wear those today. I, I really am glad that we got that. And I guess a lot of the rest of like November and like December was 
us just trying to heal and just trying to talk through things. And um, we had started to see just a very generic counselor through um, the doctor's office. And, you know, she was kind of helpful, but um, I didn't feel super connected to her and neither did Trevor. And so um, we had really decided to not make any big decisions, especially when it came to like family planning until at least the new year. Um, We just knew we were not in the right frame of mind to be able to talk about it like rationally and um you know even though we had decided like a few days earlier or like a you know mid-September to wait as soon as we got that taste of like being pregnant and what it was like to be parents is we just we wanted that again um there was no more waiting for us and so um you know one thing that really was big in our relationship that really helped us at that time was like we had been asking how are you okay or we said, um, are you okay? And like, we switched that to how are you feeling? And that changed like everything and like the entire way we communicated through that entire process. Um, and so, yeah, we, um, got my period, I got my period about a month later and like on the same day, the idea of like the high risk twin pregnancy just kind of clicked with me and I got really curious what that meant. So I just, I started to look on Google, like what that could mean. Um, I started to get some ideas and learn more about twin pregnancies and like I got her ultrasound photo and looked at it compared to some others and through that we actually found out that our twins were Momo twins um, so monochorionic monoamniotic um, which meant that they not only shared the same placenta but the same amniotic sac and it's like a one in 100,000 chance that that happens um and it only happens because they most twins split four to six days they split between seven and nine days after the amniotic sac had already formed around them and so you know I found that on google and emailed the doctor to confirm and like she told me um yeah that's what they suspected and um that was actually one of the best things for me to learn just because like one it it made me feel relief that it wasn't something that I caused um, that it was like a fluke accident kind of thing. Um, so I hadn't caused it. And then like two, it just like, it was so cool to me to finally know a part of their story and like have something about them that we could just like kind of latch onto and love. Um, because like we didn't, you know, we didn't know anything about them. So that was a really um, helpful thing. And like, we, we decided to just, we went ahead and named them, um, Scotty and Aspen and at that point, we had um, decided to go ahead and share it with friends and family, like on social media. And that's super unconventional, but I'll never be more grateful that we did it just because of the relationships and the friendships that have came through that. Like people that I had not talked to in years were just acquaintances. I now like, you know, get together with like twice a month or something. And we just, it, it's fantastic. I love what's come from it. Um and it was actually around this time that I had started to follow like the miscarriage doula and like really started to look at um, joining one of the um, group support sessions. And so we get into January and um, I had had two cycles. So we decided to try again. And I, um, a couple of days before my period, I got my first um, positive. It was super faint. And then like tried again the next day and it was there. Um, it wasn't quite as dark as the first one though. And so I had went and got like an HCG blood draw and it came back negative, even though like I had three tests that were positive. And so um, I had had texted like on the app, this new doctor that I had started to see um, and asked her what was going on. And she said that it was most likely a chemical pregnancy. And at the time I had no idea what that meant. Um, And so I was just trying to process that and it was, it was really shocking to me because I hadn't started bleeding or anything. And so almost, I mean, probably 10 minutes after I got the text response from her saying that it was a chemical pregnancy, I started bleeding and it was super heavy and it just like threw me into panic um, because it was in like in the same bathroom that we had lost the twins in. Um, And that was, that was a really, really tough like pill to swallow, I guess, just a realization of what was going on. And so she actually told me later on that it's, it's super, super common. And I probably would never have known if I wasn't just paying so such close attention to when I could take a test. Um, because I just started, 
bleeding like two days before my period was supposed to start. So, um, yeah, it was at that time, as soon as that happened, I went ahead and actually joined, um, the recurrent pregnancy loss group. And, um, I had decided, um, to go into the doctor and ask about genetic testing because I had heard that after two, they may start to kind of look and see anything's wrong. And, um, so I went in for my appointment for that and they, when I told them about this most recent loss, they said to me, it was the doctor, it was the PA who was like checking me in. And she said, that doesn't count over and over and over. And I swear I was seeing red by the time I was done talking to her. And I was like, you do not get to tell me this doesn't count. And so, um, luckily once I met with the doctor, she agreed to run like a very basic panel and like everything with that came back normal, but I'll never forget that um, experience with that PA. It just, I was irate with how she kept saying, it doesn't count. Like, you had no idea what I was going through physically and mentally at that point. You don't get to say that. Um, And so, yeah, we, at that point, um, things really took like a downhill turn um, for me, at least in February, Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, like I it was probably one of the, it was probably the hardest month of my life, honestly. Um, like I started to have heart palpitations and panic attacks. And, um, I mean like the panic attacks, like I started to realize that triggers had a lot to do with like snow on the road because the day that we lost them, it had been, it's the first snowstorm of the year. And I had never, ever been like concerned with that like I drove fine didn't bother me but anytime it snowed and I was in the car I would have a panic attack and just there were a couple of other triggers but that was the one that I really connected at first and so um yeah I one thing that I started to do was like I could only watch tv shows that had like tragedies in them Grey's Anatomy was my go-to because you can't go through an episode of Grey's Anatomy without something bad happening And it was like, I just needed to connect with people who were going through hard things and cry so that I didn't feel so alone. Um, I totally see you. You are speaking (laughs) my language. I do the exact thing. (laughs) And it's it's crazy. I didn't realize what I was doing until like months later after thinking (laughs) about it. But that's exactly what was happening. And so um, I got on this. And I actually think that that time is when I had my first meeting with the group. And to be honest, it scared me to death the first meeting did I was like I can't hear these stories like I don't know if I can keep doing this um because the, the first meeting just, is like, so hard oh, oh my it's gosh. so hard Paris. I tell everybody I give everybody a warning with our support groups and I think I say yeah. it like three or four times on the first session I'm like guys this week is really heavy I swear it's not like this every week please stick <laughs> it out um because I know it's it's hard to hear stories of yes. loss but it also yeah. connects you in in a very exactly. terrible way yeah no that was exactly how it worked for for me like I stuck with it and I've never been more grateful for it like so I'm in touch with a lot of these gals today that I met through it and so but yeah it it really it scared me to death but I kept with it and like another thing that um, I started to do was I just I bought all the books on miscarriage and grief and I just started going through them um you know one of them like the first one was by Jordan Lee Dooley and her it was called Embrace Your Almost and it wasn't even specifically about her miscarriage story but it was throughout the book a lot and um she she was one who said uh, like I had been grappling with like why did this happen to me and like in her book um she talked about like well why not you like you have to be in the right place to hear that but like why not you um and so that was something I kind of had to term come to terms with and then um unexpecting by Rachel Lewis that one had an like a a, like a story at the end that finally allowed me to be able to tell my family and my friends like what I was going through because I they had they had no idea they couldn't figure out like why I was still so tore up about this and that was um a great just analogy for it and then um it's okay that you're not okay by Megan Devine was like the other big pivotal one um for me and like I still to this day remember the quote that um your grief is not a problem to be fixed and like I had to like that was my mantra for several months through the thick of everything and so um just reading was super helpful to me and really kind of kick-started that journey the healing journey um 
you know, I was having a big, like, faith crisis. Um, I did not want to believe in a God who would allow this to happen. Um, to me, that was really hard to, to process. And then um, I think the worst of it all was, like, it all kind of wrapped up and fed into it. But the relationship with my husband at this point had really started to deteriorate. Um, I mean, it was, you know, I couldn't talk to him about anything. And he felt like I was shutting him out, which I guess in a lot of ways that I was. And he, like, couldn't connect with me on anything. Uh, you know, at the end of the month, we had this trip with family and like family it was my dad and he set us down at the end of the trip and he was like you all are headed on a very dark path like what I've seen this weekend from you two is scary like I've never seen you two act like this towards each other and um so like that was a really big wake-up call for for us because I was just like super flippant and dismissive and like it really scared Trevor just my attitude towards attitude towards a lot of life um and stuff like that so I just felt very hopeless at that point but um I guess like we a couple weeks later um right after the twins we decided to book a cruise to give us something to look forward to and so we had that cruise coming up and we went on it and um you know things really hadn't gotten any better we were aware of it but like we hadn't changed anything yet and it was like the second day into the cruise when um i I looked at him and I was like, you don't look at me like you love me anymore. And like, I remember those specific words and it just came out of the blue. Um, there was like no prompting for it. And, and it just came out of the blue. And that led to one of the best conversations that finally allowed us to start working through it together instead of like just completely putting ourselves in these boxes and like pretending that, you know, he had no idea what I was going through. She has no idea what, I'm going through like we just we finally allowed ourselves to do it together um and it was actually in that moment that and like in that conversation that I'm not really sure how or why this happened but it was like a a switch flipped in me and I just like made the decision to allow myself to be happy again and that I don't know where it came from um and it was like after that, after making that decision, like I finally could allow myself to be happy again. And so we went through the rest of the cruise and it was like fantastic. And like we allowed ourselves to talk about um, like how to keep this going, like out of the vacation bubble when we got home and stuff like that. And so, you know, we decided to do like date nights and we actually one of the big decisions we made was to get a counselor who um specifically worked with people going through miscarriage instead of just like a generic therapist and um oh my goodness she was she was amazing um we absolutely loved her and she was very pivotal for us at that time in our relationship and like what we were going through um and so like when we got back we finally like we had the discussion that like now it's time for Trevor to start healing and processing himself because this entire time he has just been so worried about me and caring for me that he's not had time to take care of himself um, and try to heal and think about what he's been going through. And so that was really, um, really, really good time for us. And um, we had originally decided to wait until like June until we tried again. Um, but on a whim, a couple of weeks later, we decided that, you know what, why not? And um, that was when our um, baby girl that I'm pregnant with right now she was conceived and so that two-week wait was horrible we did our best to distract ourselves which we were about to move across the country I guess and he had actually just had surgery so it wasn't super hard to do but um, it was definitely torture um I, I took my first test with her for, it was probably like nine days past ovulation and it was definitely a line um and over probably the next two days I think I took like eight tests and I had convinced myself I was like okay finally like you know I can believe this like it's okay I went and got an HCG draw and um it came back at 20 which was like super encouraging and then I don't know at, at that entire time I was just like waiting for the shoe to drop and I even one day um it, I think it was before the HCG draw um had some implantation bleeding which scared me to death um I was just like oh my gosh it's happening again like I I don't know how we're gonna go through this again and so we kind of went out for the rest of the day and just we picked a nickname for the baby we called it spud and 
um like just tried to say these goofy mantras to us all day to just like hype ourselves up that everything's going to be okay and like a few hours later the bleeding stopped which was super super um like relieving to us and we had actually at that time um we were going to wait to tell our families and so we had actually at that time decided to just go ahead and tell them like what was going on because we were scared to death and we're like can you all just please pray for us like we we don't know what's going on and um it was just like really heavy at that point and so um yeah we I guess about a week later I wouldn't let myself take another test until I missed my period and at that point I took a digital and it did say pregnant and then I got um another HCG test that was like $7.99 a week later so we knew everything was going as it should be um so yeah we were at that point I was I was probably about four or five weeks and I was super excited but my husband was like scared to death um and about a week later our roles just like completely switched um and it went to where I became the really anxious one and he was the excited one and so we had moved back across the country to Virginia um by the time I was six weeks pregnant and um it was like like six weeks four days I woke up bleeding and um my husband was already at work I it sent me into a panic so and I had I had a doctor's appointment scheduled at eight weeks but um so I went ahead and called them to see if I had a cancellation and I didn't want to go by myself so um I waited on my husband to get home I told him what was going on I was like okay we're leaving in like 30 minutes to go to the doctor and so um they actually did an ultrasound and at that appointment they were just like you know bleeding happens for anything and we got to see her heartbeat and it was there everything was fine we were super relieved um and then like I said we went back at eight weeks and like it was probably right before that when the anxiety really really started to kick in for me um I like we went to families and they were trying to talk about it and I just froze like I was like I can't do this like please don't talk about it today like this is not something I can handle um and it was even to where like some of the family left and called my mom who was there with us to ask if something was going on because they thought like I was losing the baby or something at that point. I just, I just could not stand to talk about it. Um, and so the night before our eight week appointment, like I had convinced myself that we were going to go in and there was no heartbeat. Like I had already made a plan for how to like handle it. Um, you know, we're going to do this and, we're going to tell this person, like, I just, I had this plan in my head. I couldn't sleep at all. And, you know, we went into that appointment and like everything was perfectly fine. Um, And then I remember coming out after and I had a panic attack because like all the same text messages started coming in. The, how was the appointment and the calls. And I just, at that point, I remember we said that we had to make a change on like how we handle this and so at that point we decided to stop telling anyone about appointments we were just super vague if we were asked about it like oh in the next couple weeks and um I call it appointment PTSD still and I I I still have that to this day um I don't know if it will ever go away so we're just we're super generic about all of that and um yeah I froze around family didn't want to talk about it um at that point, our niece was born who I was, um, who shared like the, the same do, do week as our twins. Um, and so that was hard that I had to go through that. My husband had had a doctor appointment, so I had to go through it by myself and I was there at the hospital. And, um, at one point I just had to go find a quiet corner to cry. And, um, luckily my sister-in-law, she was super understanding of everything though. And I think she knew it was going to be a really hard time for us, but, um, we absolutely love our niece to death and um yeah just getting through that initial um like we're supposed to have babies here right now too really kind of was was the hardest part of that day I think um and then let's see we had blood tested um 10 weeks to find out the gender and like do the nip test and stuff like that and um I think that's actually around the time that I had messaged you because I was um supposed to be in a trying to conceive after loss group and we found out I was pregnant and so I switched to the um pregnancy after loss like d- January due date group and so I think that's around the time that that group started um so 
there was one of the gals from my previous group in that group and it was just really exciting I, and I love still talking to them every every two weeks um and so you know even though there have been some bright spots um through this pregnancy but um around probably 14 weeks we just realized that things never got better and they were getting a lot worse um actually like the anxiety the insomnia um and it got to the point where like I had started to consider self-harm um around 15 weeks and we started to realize that like we, we researched what prenatal depression was um and like the symptoms I was going through and experiencing and we kind of realized that might need to be something on our radar at that point. And so um, my husband was aware of a a lot of what was going on. And then I think it really kind of became clear to him once I realized, or once I admitted to him the, the um, thoughts of self-harm. And so at that point he was like, we are going to talk to the doctor about this. Um, Like if you can't, I will bring it up. I don't care. Like we're going to get to the bottom of this. And so um, at 16 weeks, at my 16-week appointment, we did have that conversation with the doctor, um, and I guess it was just, like, brought on by a lot of, like, one of one of the feelings I remember most is, like, when people would ask me how she is, I would say, okay, but literally the only thing I could think of in my head was that she could be dead inside of me, and I have no idea, and it's, like, going back to that mis- miscarriage, like, I I had no inclination to know if she was okay. I could not stand being asked that question. Um, And just like, if family talked about it, it would jinx it. Um, Like if they talked about her, like she was going to be here and that type of thing. Like I could do very practical things. I could buy clothes and everything, but just the idea of thinking and talking about her terrified me. Um, And like we, we ended up having a gender reveal, which I regret to this day. Um, actually, and that week leading up to it, I had three panic attacks, I remember, and just, like, the the thought of seeing other people's excitement, knowing how disappointed they were going to be when, like, something went wrong, and so, and, like, at that point in my head, it was still when, not if, and so just trying to process a lot of that, and then, yeah, we went into the 16-week appointment, um, and my doctor did not diagnose me with uh, prenatal depression and so she prescribed for me to go on some medication to try to help and so uh, we actually I decided to go ahead and wait just a little bit because the next day we were moving again and I wanted to see if a change of environment would help me um, and just like having a break of being away from family and everything like I love my family to death but the expectations of how I should feel around this baby and not being able to feel what I needed to when I when I needed to had been probably one of the biggest components of like the development of that depression. Um, and so once we moved, I almost immediately noticed a change. And so we've agreed that it's like a continuous discussion um, whether or not to start the medication and um, just little things like that. Um, being outside really help. It really helps. And um getting back to doing the things I love has really helped and so um right now we feel really comfortable at the place I'm at and so we're started with a therapist and everything um and like I've started to have more bright spots I guess there have been um there have been like one or two since we left um it was around 18 weeks that I had a dream that she had passed and so we drove like three hours out of our way to go find a private ultrasound clinic just to make sure that she was still okay. And like, she was, she was totally fine. And, um, you know, I started to question like feeling her move around 17, 18 and like confidently felt her move around 19. And, um, that was one of the biggest comforts I think at this point was just knowing that, okay, I can feel her move. So she is okay. Um, and so we, we got to our new home here in Arizona and we, met with our doctor we our first appointment with her was going to be our anatomy scan so a really big one um but I had to have like the new patient appointment first and so that anatomy scan was not scheduled until like two days before it and so like I had absolutely no anxiety about the anatomy scan until it was scheduled and then it was just like my mind or my mind went just all over the place I was googling like 
all the things that could happen. And like, eventually it was to the point where we agreed that I just needed to get rid of my phone for a couple days until it was over. Um, and like the morning before there was just a lot of tears, a lot of anxiety about it. Um, you know, she, we have to go back for a second one because she was not cooperating very good, but they got like 75% of the images they needed and were able to tell that she is perfectly healthy from everything they could see so far. Um, so we have another like two weeks until our um, second one just to get the rest of it. And so, yeah, at this point, um, things have definitely gotten better. I'm 21 weeks today um, with her. Her name is Carson. And so we're super, super excited. Um, but yeah, there's that period between like 14 to 17 weeks was probably one of the hardest just because I had no idea what was happening um but there have finally been some like big highs lately that I'm just trying to ride out as long as I can so. I definitely think in pregnancy after loss I think that 14 to 17 weeks is an accurate um time frame of just <laughs> sheer panic. And, uh, a lot of times I think that it's because we're in an in-between spot where we're no longer like, okay, if we're bleeding, we go to the ER. We're like, okay, where do we go? What happens if we have a loss at this gestation? Like this is different and I'm scared. And so I think that movement is definitely, um, really helpful. And you're in such a great group. The January group has a lot of people from my recent groups too. And I'm jealous that I'm not leading it, but Sarah is so amazing. <laughs> Um, yes. so I'm so glad that you didn't need the trying to conceive group and that you were able to mm -hmm. join that group. Um, but man, it's, it's hard and it's hard being pregnant. I assume after, um, having a high risk pregnancy, because I imagine that you were fearful of the first ultrasound of going in and learning that it was the same thing again. Yeah. Um, the first time it kind of was like, okay, I was like, surely this is our life strike. Like nothing bad right. can ever happen again, just because this was our one thing. Um, and I'm not going to lie, part of me kind of wanted to see twins, but I wanted to yeah. see them in separate placentas and separate antibiotics. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, because the idea of twins, like had gotten really excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to see twins, but in the, least dangerous way possible. Of course. I, I definitely felt that. I remember being a little disappointed whenever I went in after loss and didn't have twins because I also kind of thought like, oh, well then I wouldn't have to do this again. Like I kind of get all the kids in one pregnancy, but it is difficult. You're already so anxious that a high risk pregnancy would make you even more anxious, which is hard to, um, man, I'm so thankful that you shared so openly. Um, you know, from your, your journey with having to go to the ER and bleeding, which I also know from experience is a terrible experience within itself. And, um, then opening up about mental health struggles and pregnancy after loss, because I think a lot of people have the misconception that once you're pregnant and things are going well, like everything is healed and great. And you're just so happy to be pregnant. And I mean, in my experience and in, in the hundreds of people that I've seen, everybody is terrified in pregnancy after loss and they're struggling and it's not, you know, it's not butterflies and rainbows and only gratitude. There's a lot of fear there. And so I think the more we talk about it, the more we can kind of, I don't know, give other people a heads up. I wish somebody gave me that heads up. Well, that's what I, I kind of had always said to my husband is that I always expected it to be harder, but I mm. never expected it to be this hard. And like when things just never got better, yeah. Like that's when I was like, I think something like deeper might be happening here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've always been, tr I've tried to be really open about it, especially, um, since being diagnosed with postpartum depression, just, or not postpartum, prenatal depression yeah. that, you know, this happens, like check on your friends who are pregnant yeah. and especially pregnant after loss, because it doesn't just happen after loss, um, right. it, anyone. And so like check on them be mindful and like respect boundaries like it took me a really long time to set actually it took me until we even moved away from home to set the boundary like I don't want to talk about her like don't bring her up because sometimes yeah. I'm not in the mind place to talk about her at all um it's just like follow my lead and if I bring her up then okay it's fine but if I don't yeah. say anything don't don't ask so 
that was a really big um it allowed me to feel like I said what feel what I needed to when I needed to yeah well I I take notes whenever we do podcast episodes because I'm gonna put it into a blog post that way people can also read about the episode and I put in here that um following your loss of the twins that you set really good boundaries with your family about what you know you needed in that time so I love that you said that because I I recognize that in what you shared is it sounded like you knew what was helpful then. And I assume that that experience has helped you in this pregnancy because you can continue to set those boundaries. It has. And it's, and it's kind of funny, like the way I really wanted to communicate with my family after we lost the twins has been completely different in the way that I've wanted to communicate with them about um, this baby. Mm. And so I never expected that. Like with, with the twins, I, we told them immediately and I loved it. I'm so happy we did. Like I was not shy about it at all. And then with this pregnancy, um, like I told, we told our mom and, you know, moms, dad, siblings, no one else outside of that. And like, they kind of, the rest of the family found out when they weren't supposed to, but that's another story. But um, yeah, when they found out, I never realized how anxious it would make me mm-hmm. and like I I would have told them but I would have told them much later after I kind of like wrapped my head around everything so I just didn't want that same amount of conversation and support this time which took a while for me to realize I think so yeah that's a that, you know that's also something I I haven't made sense of but again people express that all the time to me I experienced it and thought that I was just crazy. Um, I used to call myself the girl who cried pregnancy. Cause that's what I felt like to my friends and family of like, I constantly was like, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Mm, I'm scaring. Um, and so I didn't want to do that with my first living son. So I kind of did the same thing. So you're not alone in that. I think it's like a protective measure of protecting yourself, but also protecting the child and, and feeling like a little bit more vulnerable at, when you're getting good news instead of bad news, which is interesting. Well, that was actually a topic like in our group, a couple, I guess it was the last session we brought up, like, why do we have such a hard time talking to some people about it? And like, for me, that's my family. I can talk about friends to it about it anytime does not bother me, but specifically family. And like, I brought up that I think for me that the, our family are the people who are going to be the most disappointed if something does go wrong. And like, knowing that they're the ones like building up the excitement and constantly talking about it and like just knowing what could happen and like it could all come crashing down and knowing that could cause them their disappointment like that I think is what really um affected me at least in it yeah that's a great point I hadn't thought about it like that Ugh. Madison thank you so much for sharing I'm so glad that you reached out and I'm glad that we did this and I I love the thought of your story being like an audio audio format where it's it's there and it lives and you know your babies are recognized by all the other listeners and everybody in the community. So thank you so much for using your voice and for sharing your experience today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Mm-hmm.